I have found something that has been stealthily killing and destroying Christian marriages all across the world. It felt like he loved other people more than he loved his own family because he knew how to please, but he didn't know how to show traits. Pleasing is different. It's the stuff that starts. It causes death at the other end of the relationship. To be intimate, it means you have to let me in mentally, spiritually, and physically. It means I have access to you. You can't be intimate with a dominant person. They don't want intimacy. They want control. If both people are willing to face their past, face their present, there is redemption for every single marriage. God doesn't expose something he doesn't want to heal. He wants to heal this in all the church of Jesus Christ so that we look more like him. If we'll get honest, if we'll get real, Christ can help transform our heart, our love, our affection, and begin to shift that. Are you a good lover? Do you pursue their heart? Do you pursue them physically? Do you care about their emotions? Western Christians want the miracle, which means we want God to compensate for our years of irresponsibility in a moment. You don't need a miracle where you're being responsible. Focusing on how can I grow? How can I change? How can I mature? How can I develop me? Is the most excruciating, gut-wrenching hard work we will ever do. But marriage is intended to cause us to be better. Awesome. Here we are. We are live. Good to see you guys. Welcome to the next episode. Lamar, Christina, good to see you. Good to see you too. Good to be here. We got a special guest with us today, Dr. Doug. Good to see you. Good to see you guys. Happy to be here. Thanks for taking time to do this. You got a little fire cooking in the background. I like this. Sure, sure. It's Colorado. Happy Valentine's Day, right? Happy Valentine's. <laughs> yeah. hey. This is my lovely wife. You know Tiana. Hi. So good to be back. It's so nice that you all are here. You know, I'm I mean, what we're about to present today is is just gonna be so revelational and life-changing for so many people. And I'm so excited that Dr. Wise is here with us because Dr. Wise, you have been the host of a few of our series, Four Path. Uh, stronger together. You've been featured in the Congress series. So Doug is a good friend, but besides that, he, uh, he is an amazing author, uh, a speaker. He is the director of Heart to Heart Counseling Center in Colorado, and uh, and, and just a, a really solid biblical guy. You know, uh, uh, what he teaches has really led to life change. I can definitely say. Um, Today, uh, we're going to focus on on something that may be affecting a lot of couples, wouldn't you say? Uh, it's yeah. Loneliness yeah. and marriage, uh, sexless and lonely marriage. Yeah, it, it's one of those uh, really a pandemic in Christian marriages all across the world where couples just aren't connecting and they mm -hmm. don't know why. They just kind of live with it year after year. And so Dr. Doug Weiss has coined the term intimacy anorexia we know what anorexia is yeah and so this is intimacy anorexia doug could you define what is intimacy anorexia sure i'd be happy to do that and just you know i want to just affirm what you're saying that this is a huge thing going on quietly silently in christian marriages 10 20 30 years long where 
uh, the spouse is just dying inside and feeling alone, and yet they go to church every week. And especially in our tribe of conquer and recovering people, you know, with betrayal and that kind of trauma, uh, this is very common. So intimacy anorexia is the active withholding of spiritual and emotional intimacy. It means I could give it to you because like if you threaten me with a divorce or something serious, I'm going to show up for a couple of weeks so I can give it to you. But I just don't. Oh, that's really I might give it to my friends, I might give it to my family, I might give it to other people, but I'm not going. To, and so there's just all these dynamics that happen. We can cover that over the next hour, but um, the marriage uh, feels more like a functionship, uh, Jeremy and uh, Tiana, than it does a relationship. Like mm -hmm. relationships are organic and fun and, 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 you know, there's ups and downs, but there's like, there's this organicness to this. In intimacy anorexia, uh, couples tell me, it just feels like we're roommates. It feels like we're parents, but not lovers. It feels like we're managing ministry, managing businesses, managing our work, our house, our, our stuff, but we're not really like in love anymore. And we can't seem to explain why. Wow. I mean, I can't wait for you to share was at the heart of this literally. Um, yeah. But I, I think it's also interesting that we're talking about intimacy anorexia just before Valentine's Day, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's because Valentine's Day can be really painful for so many people, especially those yeah. uh, who are in this type of relationship in, in this very lonely, sad relationship that really should be the closest, most intimate, beautiful relationship you can have here on earth. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and I know before we go into all this, I do want to talk more about Stronger Together because that Absolutely. is a series, right? And Lamar and Christina, and yes, you guys are on the set. You of were. Stronger Together. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. It was amazing being two people that married together, both being intimacy anorexics. Um, we learned so much from Dr. Wise at that, at that time. And uh, it, it's something that we have to work at forever. And we're very passionate about it because those old habits can sneak in. And mm -hmm. so we are passionate about it. And so we have created a Stronger Together six week uh, virtual uh, webinar that we're going to be oh, um, hosting. And we're going to get other couples in from all over the world. And we're going to face this giant. We're going to mm -hmm. face this giant and we're going to bring love back into marriages because lackluster, boring, cold, lukewarm, then that's not good enough. We need passion. We Amen. need fire. We need pizzazz. So this is going to be for those couples that are sick of being just luck and they're ready to bring back the spice. And that's awesome. I'll on this toward the end of the, uh, the session today. Uh, we'll be starting in late March. We'll make sure we push the details at that point. Yeah, that's just a little teaser, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> and so in that, you're going to be going through the Stronger Together course. Yes, absolutely. We're going to get everybody on the platform together. And we have this really cool interactive study guide so people can write answers and share answers together and learn from one another. And we're doing fun activities. We're going to, Dr. Doug, you're going to love this. We're going to have people doing the, the three dailies. And uh, it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be fantastic. And I want to encourage, you know, anyone who's watching to join that group because we heal inside of community. We don't heal by ourselves. And so many marriages, especially if they're struggling with intimacy anorexia, they don't generally reach out for help. I mean, sometimes they'll get counseling if they're like on the edge of divorce, but this course can help them like not have to go there. They could learn some of the skills that we've taught in Stronger Together. And these are biblical things people can do. They can implement in their lives. And, and then if they get some movement and start feeling better, 
then great. Maybe they don't have to go to counseling. But if they don't, they crash and it's don't, someone's just really a stick in the mud, then it's time to get help. But I'm so glad you're doing this. I hope I pray for every nation to show up in, in your uh, virtual space because it affects everybody. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you're, just, if you're just joining us right now, what we're going to be looking into today is, are you married and lonely? And if so, can you resurrect passion in a loveless and sexless marriage? Um, to start off, uh, is Dr. Doug, is lacking sex in marriage for, for a period of time, is that normal? No. Is it not part no, of like the no, heaven flow of marriage? No, it's not normal at all. I mean, I mean, when we look at the scripture, it says, you know, uh, that uh, the marriage looks like Christ in the church. I mean, I don't remember Jesus taking a day off. <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> I don't remember the church, you know, saying, hey, I'm going to be gone for the weekend, so too bad for you. Now, I mean, every couple uh, has their own kind of rhythm of sexuality. And yeah, during pregnancy or someone traveling or sickness, that is normal. But mm -hmm. if you're going weeks without sexuality, there's usually something going on that needs to be addressed. And that's something that you want to address. And it might be intimacy. And if you look at all the other uh, characteristics, then you can definitely see that um, that's something to be addressed for sure. So all the guys right now are like, oh, sweetheart, you need to be taking notes on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the girls are doing that too. I, 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 wish, too, yes. I, I wish it was just, uh, uh, it's, it's not a male or female thing. Uh, the married and alone man is in just as much pain, begging to be loved and wanted and kissed and hugged and nurtured and told that he's awesome and, and, and have his back touched and kissed as the woman who is starving, uh, uh, feeling alone and disconnected and uh, ugly because of her husband's choices to abandon her sexually and spiritually and emotionally. It's, this is a painful thing, either gender. We actually have Facebook groups for both. We have a, a Facebook group for the married and lone man, which is growing incredibly. And there's thousands of ladies in the uh, married and alone uh, women's group. And these, these people chat back and forth all the time about the, the pain and the, the suffering of being ignored and being disconnected from. Is it, are men more likely to be intimacy anorexics than women? No, not at all. Uh, the, probably because of the causes. Now, I think that in, in, our, in our clinical experience, more men come because we do a lot with sexual addiction and mm -hmm. a lot of sex addicts, a lot of sex addicts have intimacy anorexia as the worst addiction that's under the sex addiction. Once they get better from the sex addiction, they've done conquer, they've done warpath, they're feeling good, they haven't, they haven't looked at porn in six months or a year, but their marriage is still suffering. That's because yeah. the intimacy so, anorexia hasn't been dealt with. Does sex addiction cause intimacy anorexia? Absolutely. Sex addiction is one of the four causes of intimacy anorexia. Let's get into that. Yeah. So the, the first cause is sexual abuse. Now, we talk about sexual abuse. 30% of women have been sexually abused at least, and 15% of men at least have been sexually abused. And mm -hmm. even men who thought they got lucky when they were 14 and the girl was 19, you didn't get lucky. You got sexually abused. And I have to tell, I get a lot of men who got, I got to work through that and go, no, that, that was a crime. She would go to jail. That was illegal, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and then the patterns. So sexual addiction um, is the second one where they're reinforcing to the fantasy world and connecting to a fantasy world. So they have sex without intimacy. So when they go to the real world, they're not really capable of having relational sex, which is sex with intimacy. 
And so they oftentimes escape into the fantasy world, disconnect or avoid sex with their spouse. The third uh, cause for intimacy anorexia is an, a cross attachment issue. So if you're a man, you didn't have attachment with mom. She wasn't there, she was dead, she was abusive, she was uh, negligent. Or if you're a woman, you don't have those, rela those relationship with dad was really not available to you emotionally. And you didn't get, I'm proud of you, I love you, you're awesome. You didn't get nurtured, you got managed. And then the fourth is kind of role model neglect. When you see it inside of a marriage, oftentimes you tend to duplicate what the soup you were born in. Mm. And so, so you see this lack of intimacy where dad didn't take mom on dates. Dad didn't buy mom Christmas presents. Our mom was never affectionate to dad. And you see this as normal. And then when you get married to someone who's like, you know, Italian, you're like totally confused. Like, why do they want to touch me all the time? That's so weird. Why do they want to kiss? Why do they want to have love? What's with all that? I mean, if I like, you know, we, we get married and we just like pay bills together. I thought that was the deal. It's what mom and dad did. And so those are the four causes. So you can see how much of the population has the potential to be moving towards intimacy anorexia. Wow. Right. Um, Doug, I, I, I do want to go more deeper with, with everything that you're saying there, because I, I think a lot of people are not aware that they actually have intimacy anorexia going on. I think there's more people who, who actually have symptoms of it, but don't realize they're intimacy anorexic. So yeah. what is intimacy anorexia exactly? Yeah, what does a diagnosis of this look like? So we talked about the definition, which is the active withholding of spiritual, emotional, and sexual intimacy. Mm -hmm. right? so you're not connecting spiritually, you're not praying together, you're not really engaged there. Emotionally, we're not sharing feelings. And sexually, we're either disconnected during sex, alone during sex, or we're not having sex. Now, let me give you the characteristics, uh, Tiana and Jeremy, because this is really important because sometimes I find intimacy anorexia is the hidden addiction. Actually, in our book, Intimacy Anorexia, it's called, you know, uh, the hidden addiction. Here's, hmm. the, here's the characteristics. Your spouse is too busy for you. Now, busy doesn't have to be productive. Busy could be cell phone. It could be Facebook. It could be just playing in the garage three hours a night, but they're busy. Okay. They, hmm. blame you, they blame you for all the problems in the relationship. Rarely do they say, I'm sorry, or take responsibility. First, they'll blame you and tell you why. Even if they did do it, it's your fault that they did it. Okay. Uh, why they, do they do that? Because they can't be bad. They're an object relationship with self. So they can't be bad. So they need you to be bad. So mm -hmm. it's really hard for them to be bad because when they're bad, they're all bad. They don't, yeah. they don't have, you know, um, flawed and loved. They're flawed or loved. So when they're bad, they're not loved. No. So they also, they withhold love, especially the way your spouse likes it. So if they like gifts, you don't get any. If they like quality time, you don't get it. If you like touch, you don't get it. Wherever your love language is, you'll be starved. Okay. Mm. They withhold, um, they withhold love. They withhold spiritually. So there's lack of connection spiritually. Uh, they withhold sex or disconnected during sex. Because some intimacy anorexics will have sex two or three times a week, but they're not home when they're having sex. The wife or husband feels very alone. For the husband, it feels like he's just having sex and she's not participating. She doesn't talk during sex. Her eyes are not open. She's disconnected. For the husband, he's, he's got his eyes closed. He might be fantasizing, but they're alone. After sex, if you don't feel closer, that's a symptom, okay? That says something's going on here that's not right. Okay, so they withhold, they withhold uh, the sex or, or they're not connected during sex. Uh, they're unwilling or able to share their feelings. You know, you ask them what a feeling is, they really have a challenge trying to connect to you emotionally. They use anger or silence as a way to control you. Sometimes they use money as a way to control, but that's not very a big one. Uh, the spouse will feel like a roommate. 
they have ongoing or ungrounded criticism of you. It just seems like there's this like negative energy about you or what I call the negative narrative. They don't see that you're amazing. They see your 3% flaws and they just pound you with those things. Mm -hmm. Okay. And oftentimes the last one would be, you feel, you feel like a roommate. You know, if you feel like a roommate in your marriage, definitely go to intimacyanorexia.com and see if this fits. This criteria is a free test there and you can get, get it. Okay. Now, and then get into the stronger together group and, and start working on some of this stuff because you don't want to stay married and alone. We got books and workbooks and groups for married and lone spouses, both men and women. Um, this is painful, mm-hmm. you know, and as Christians, sometimes we hear a term like, oh, well, that's a, that's an interesting term, but it's not biblical. Right. <laughs> so I did a whole two hour teaching on the sin of withholding Love because it. the sin of withholding is all throughout the scripture, literally from Genesis to Revelation and, and, and God's response to the sin of withholding is pretty furious throughout scripture, both G, both the father and Jesus respond to the sin of withholding. And it's really interesting. This is a big sin. And when we can see it as sin, not as, um, well, this is an issue. No, this is a sin. Withholding love from your spouse is a sin. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we didn't, well, well, maybe I should have shared this, but God's not just your father. He's your father-in-law. Like how you treat your spouse has an impact on how he likes you. and and so we want to heal from this and there's good news is we have lots of resources on this um they can go to our website there's tons of information there's there's healing there's groups there's counseling there's what you guys are doing stronger together is really a great path on getting started on this problem and so there's a lot of resources where you know 15 20 years ago this wasn't even understood people have been suffering all over the world and we literally get emails from all over the globe all the time when they see something on youtube on intimacy and rex they go oh my gosh that's my marriage dr weiss how did you know i I cried for hours after i saw this because it reminded me of what's going on in my life well i think people who are listening who are living with someone who's an intimacy anorexic or who are one um they're probably thinking you know is there a solution to this Can, can 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 he or she be healed um but before we get into that you mentioned that sex addiction is one of the reasons for intimacy anorexia. What are the other, you said, I think you said there's four, right? Uh, um, sexual abuse, sex addiction, uh, cross-gender attachment, not having that, and then role model neglect when you actually see it in the marriage on an ongoing basis. Those four things can cause this. Gotcha. And basically the heart has to adapt. Okay. And this is, you know, one of the things like women and men will ask me like, I got an email just yesterday, Dr. Weiss, and you could tell it was a really good hearted woman. How can, can I stay in this marriage and actually be healthy? And the answer is probably not because when you're in a dysfunctional marriage, you have to adapt. Now you can adapt healthily, you know, you know, go, go work out, uh, you know, become a nutrition expert, you know, <laughs> you do, do something. You can have all your things to medicate, be positive. That's the best you can do to adapt or you leave. And and the intimacy in Mexico is not threatened by you separating because distance is the game. They, <laughs> they, they want distance. So, and some of them even want a divorce. They just make you do it. And so it's, it's kind of a unique situation because oftentimes I find the intimacy anorexic marries a very relational person. And this relational person tries and tries and tries and tries and tries. 
and sometimes up to 20 or 30 years, somewhere around the 30 year mark, it, it, it tanks for, for that person. There's just only so many resources you can pour into a situation and not get any return back, reciprocal energy back. And, and then the marriage can just die. And yeah. that's really tragic because there's nothing that person can do. They, and they've explained it to me, it's like their heart closes. That's just terrible. Cause then I think the result of that, I guess when you're on the receiving end of intimacy anorexia is you become intimacy anorexic yourself. That's and this true. is, I think, right? This is where like affairs flourish too, because now you're you're going somewhere else because mm -hmm. your spouse rejects you intentionally. Mm -hmm. And now you're, you're just feeling like you're trash. You don't mean anything. There is that. So you, you bring up really two really good points, Tiana. One is there is a reactive form. If you married an intimacy anorexic, one of your adaptations instead of working out might be to be an anorexic. Oh, you're gonna withhold from me? I'm gonna withhold from you. You're not gonna be present with me? I'm not gonna be present with you. And then over time, your flesh can actually adapt that whole pattern. And we actually have a whole video in the, uh, the ASAT training. We have like a, it's almost 40 hours of training on intimacy anorexia at AASAT.org. So we have that for coaches and counselors and pastors to really get it. And a lot of couples buy them just to, to like, this is where we live and it really helps them a lot. But wow. in there, there's one of the tapes out of the 40 is um, on reactive intimacy anorexia. And that is for the person who pretty much had good relationships prior. If they had sexual relationships, they were healthy prior. And um, they are truly reacting to the marriage. And it usually takes a few years for that to happen. Um, often that's more than five because in the first four or five, they're really trying to apply all the relational things they can to get this person to connect to them. You know, they'll wear a 90 or he'll take her out to a candlelit dinner, but he comes home and there's no, there's no affection afterwards. Mm -hmm. You know, he doesn't get kissed when he comes home. He gets ignored. The dog gets kissed. The kids get kissed, but he doesn't get kissed or vice versa. You know, yeah. uh, the wife doesn't get kissed, but the dog, hey, honey, you know, he takes the dog out for a walk. You know, he waxes his car, but he doesn't touch his wife. So there is a form of reaction. And then I forgot the second point. Oh, uh, the vulnerability, the vulnerability uh, when, when you neglect your spouse, they have to medicate in some way. Mm -hmm. now, now, sadly, they can choose alcohol, drugs, sex, porn. Um, they can choose, you know, other extreme sports. There's lots of things they can choose, but you put them in the place to have to choose. Yeah. Now, they're, they're responsible for their choice. You're responsible for putting them in pain to have to make a choice. Does that make sense, Tiana? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. It yeah. almost feels like, okay, this seems so sinister, right? I mean, the, the sin it seems it kind is. of is. But, um, but the person who is an IA, um, there are those that are like really extreme. And I'm, I would say, man, you, you act like a villain. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't want to villainize or demonize people who might be realizing something's wrong with my heart, but I do want change. Well, no, no, they can. I've been doing this for over 20 years uh, since we've coined the term intimacy anorexia. I've seen thousands of couples heal and change, become lovers and friends and connect. Uh, there is a process, the stronger together, we put a lot of those tools there where they can start connecting to one another and start doing the exercises. You know, I think Lamar and Christina can attest to just doing some of the tools that we mentioned in Stronger Together can move you away from that lonely place to a more affect, affectionate, passionate, connected place. So there are tools. And some people do need counseling. We do five-day intensives here in Colorado Springs. I mean, every week, people fly from all over the country and all over the world to come here to heal from this. And they do. And they get a plan and they work a plan. And, and here's the wonderful, beautiful thing about being human. We are completely neuroplastic, spiritually, emotionally, sexually, emotionally, financially, 
completely neuroplastic. We can move in a direction of health or sickness at any point in our life, okay? We can be really, really rich and end up broke, okay? We can be really broke and end up rich. We can be skinny and end up fat. We can be fat and end up skinny. We are totally neuroplastic. So if you are listening to this conversation, praise God. And if you identify a flesh pattern that God wants to heal you from, trust me, God's in love with you. He's like, I just want to heal this. I'm exposing it for the purpose of healing so that you can be the lover you want to be, that you can be the wife and the husband that you wish you were, that you can show up emotionally, that you can be present for your spouse, that you can be amazing in bed, that you can have great dates. Okay, you can prioritize your spouse on their birthday and Christmas and New Year's and make life about loving, not about managing and surviving and creating distance. You know, God wants to set us all free from whatever we're in. Okay, and this is just one thing someone can be in that God already has a solution for, and God would love for you to take that solution. But it's kind of like um, Jeremy and Tiana, uh, it's, it's like stretching forth that withered arm. Yeah. You got to acknowledge that it's withered, and you got to obey that you got to stretch to become unwithered. Because mm-hmm. as, as he stretched, he was healed. As, they, as the leopards went to the priest, they were healed. Intimacy and anorexia is a process healing. It is not an instantaneous, you know, I slap you full of oil and all of a sudden you're an amazing lover. You have to learn how to become an amazing lover. You've got to relearn some things. So, but Doug, what do you do if you have a spouse who completely denies that they even have a problem with intimacy? Well, you, well, then you're dealing with an alcoholic or a drug addict or a sex addict or, you know, someone who's, you know, 300 pounds away who's going to die, you know, because they keep active in their addiction. Addiction's addiction. Mm-hmm. And then you just have to make a choice. First, you have to accept them as they are. If they say, I don't want any help, don't, don't go any further than that. They don't. I've had men and women, when they were introduced to this concept, their spouse says, I'm not going to do anything about this. And they spend three to five more years of their life trying to convince them to get help. Don't. If they don't want to heal, they don't want to heal. Now, you can accept that and stay and adapt, or you can accept that and various forms of separation or bring your pastor in or whatever you have to do. But you don't try to keep changing an addict's mind. That is an act of futility. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm not gonna be loved. You just accept. The hardest conversation I have Jeremy and Chana is with a man or a woman whose intimacy anorexic will not heal no matter what. And mm-hmm. I have to explain to them, you are not loved. You are not wanted and you won't be. And uh-huh. you have to accept that. So you can be unloved and stay married, or you can be unloved and go through the process of separation or divorce or whatever you need to. Okay, but you are not going to be loved in this relationship. Except wow. the hardest conversation I have. And I have to have it periodically because sometimes even though people fly in to do intensives, the man or woman's like, Mm-mm, you can't make me, I ain't gonna do it. And I just have that conversation with the other person and say, you're unloved for the rest of your life. Now decide what you wanna do. Have, have there ever been scenarios where a guy has said that or a woman has said that and, you know, I'm, I'm never going to change. This is who I am, you know, mm-hmm. and then is there anything out there? I mean, what changes a heart like that? Is there any hope for that other spouse? No, not the, the spouse can't do it. And I've run a free a lot of ladies and men. Yeah. Like, you cannot heal your spouse now. Yeah. Men make men, so you can bring your pastor in and have him deal with your husband or a lady bring a lady in. If you bring someone else in to help you, there's potential that that person can see it. They can't see it from your eyes, 
and they can't feel your pain. Now you can watch, uh, we have several videos that help like, um, uh, if they have sexual addiction, like helping her heal, uh, married and alone for the spouse of an intimacy, if they can watch that and really get some empathy for your pain. But -hmm. if they don't want to heal, God himself can't help them. Yeah. Wow. You just accept that. Go ahead. to skip but you just said something i absolutely love men make men i, I don't want to skip by that because there's so many women that feel like they're responsible for their husband's recovery yeah and, and you can't you know i have a whole dvd called men make men and i explain biblically how god made men and men don't listen to their wives they weren't made to they were made to listen to men i mean i've had a thousand women tell me dr weiss i've said exactly the same thing you said and in the first five minutes he heard you wow that's why it's okay. so and it's like, yeah, because I'm a man. And I told him straight up what he was doing was wrong and he got it, right? And so women can't, so women, you actually, uh, thank you, Christina. Women, if you, if you appeal to your husband, he refuses to get help, then appeal to your pastor, get your pastor involved. And then if he refuses to get help, you've done Matthew, you've done what you can do. Okay, don't keep begging to be loved for five or 10 or 15 years. Now, we do have a, a DVD called, I got like probably 30 DVDs. We have one called, um, why do I stay when it doesn't make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. And the reason women stay isn't they need to find out why they're really staying. And once they do, they can solve that problem. And I know we're talking about lots of products. I want to I make an offer, Jeremy. Um, this is a 30-day marriage makeover book. Okay. If they go to drdougweiss.com and they buy anything, intimacy, anorexia, anything, and they put um, free book and where it says, ask a question they'll get this book included in their purchase. Now don't ask for a free book because my staff will just laugh. But if you, if you buy a book, they'll send this book with your, with your order. But there's a lot of help, you know, for someone. Just, just to add to that, I would, I would get the Intimacy Anorexia book and then get that one for free. This yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then if you're struggling with intimacy, you actually want to know what it is. I mean, you can do, we have some YouTube stuff you can look at for five or six minutes, but you're not going to get it. Um, there's a lot of information that you want to absorb. And the thing is, if you're the person, you initiate that. Say, honey, let's get some of this stuff. Let's, let's move on this. Because God wants to heal you. You know, it's like God wants to give you a Lamborghini. And you're, and you're like, no, I, I really like my broken down car. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you're not making sense to me. Okay. <laughs> I really want you to drive this. I want you to enjoy spirituality, emotional connection, sensuality. And not just, not just sexuality, but here's what's interesting, because I'm writing a whole book on this right now, on sensuality, because a lot of intimacy anorexics, one of the things that tells me their marriage is getting better is sensuality. Sensuality is touch without sexual, without sexual intent. Mm. In other words, I'm just rubbing your back because you're beautiful. I'm just rubbing your feet or your temples because I'm enjoying you. I'm not motivated to have sex with you. I just want you to know I love you. And I value you. And this touch and this time is my offering towards you. Sensuality can return back to relationship. And romance, the cards, the notes, the sexy text, the notes under the pillow, you know, the, the little things you can put around the house to make them feel like, hey, I really want you, I really love you, right? You know, taking them away for a day or a weekend and just making love to them and enjoying them and taking them for a walk on the beach or, you know, wherever you live. You know, romance starts happening when the relationship heals. Now, if you're not having a lot of romance and you're not having a lot of sensuality, definitely look into the intimacy anorexia because there is not an intimacy anorexic that's active that is 
actively pursuing sensuality and romance. Those are two quadrants of the, of the marriage that are just evaporating. And, and these are things that people, when, when you expose it to them, they can see it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be touched. My spouse doesn't really touch me unless they want sex. Well, there's something wrong if yes. that's the case. Yes. Okay? If you're not getting romance, there's something wrong. And sometimes yeah. we, just, we just accept life as it is because we're in this soup. We're kind of like the frog that he keeps going up. Mm-hmm. But you don't really need to. You need to kind of go, what is wrong here? Because really, if somebody else was in a relationship with me, they'd be touching me, asking me for love and sex and time. They'd be creating energy around our lives together. And if you're not feeling that kind of organic energy, then you know where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Mm-hmm. And if there's not freedom, there's some lack. Yeah. 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 I, I totally get that. But I need to up my game. <laughs> but, listen, I, what I was thinking of, as you were saying, I don't want to lose this thought because um, I think when you are first getting started in the recovery process of this, when, when, mm-hmm. when a couple tries to heal this in their marriage, it can feel awkward because it's not natural. So for the, I, I, the uh, intimacy anorexic, when he or she starts pursuing their spouse, you know, this feels weird. This is not natural. And for the spouse, Come it's over like, here, sweetheart, <laughs> or, so I can rub your back. I know, and like, why are you rubbing my back for? Like, well, that's off. weird. <laughs> like, what are you doing? What's that? Mm. You know? But <laughs> the, the scripture has a principle and the principle is structure before life. God always creates a structure before he gives life. Yeah. We did Adam as a structure, then he breathed into him, create the temple, then he showed up in it. And so the structure that, that you can get in the Stronger Together uh, um, a virtual thing gives you the beginning of the structure or get counseling and get the structures because the structures might feel like, you know, I'm really having to work here and try. Yes, you're stretching forth your withered hand. You have to try. But then there's a tipping point where it becomes organic. Okay, I, I can share my heart with you. I can, I can pray with you. I can praise you. I can touch you. I can make love to you instead of have sex with you. Mm-hmm. I can be present. My eyes are open. I'm looking into your soul. I love What's it. holding that guy back from doing that? If sometimes a, sometimes you know, it's actually just a lack of knowing, right? Where my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Sometimes they just don't know. Like, like I have a book called Upgrade Your Sex Life. There's a lot of people that don't know their spouse's sexual expression, right? So okay. maybe their, their spouse's sexual expression is fun but they themselves are patient. That's their sexual expression. So they keep trying to spend a lot of time and patience with their spouse and spouse like, I just want to have a good time, right? And we're missing each other. And so sometimes it's a lack of knowledge, um, but, but the intimacy in Mexico generally, it's, it's, it's harder than that. It's like their, their heart has to come back out and play. They have to give their heart permission to be vulnerable. And can I share just one more thing? Because this is so powerful. We have a DVD called Indestructible. And this is what's really funny. When I share it with Intimacy and Rexics, they all laugh. Because it's like you are protecting your heart that doesn't need to be protected. And they always say, what do you mean? I go, your heart, biblically speaking, is going to live past time, past sin, past death. There's nothing on earth that can kill the human heart. There, you, can, you can put the human heart biblically in hell for thousands of years, and it will still be able to see, hear, and smell because Jesus went to hell and he preached to those that were there for a thousand years, which means they were still intact. Mm. So you don't have to protect your indestructible heart. 
You can risk it, play with it, get bumped around. You can get hurt. You're going to get up and you're going to live for eternity. You do not have to fear being hurt emotionally. You don't have to fear being hurt spiritually. You don't even have to fear being hurt physically. Okay? You're going to live beyond what you see. So stop acting like you're some kind of wimp in time. You're the most indestructible thing in time. And time was created to contain the indestructible beings on the earth. And so you don't have to play like you're going to get hurt every day. That is so powerful. And it's very powerful. That, that, that whole hour of teaching can mess people up for the rest of their lives. But, <laughs> it, but it really sets some intimacy and Mexico's free because it's like, well, when you say it like that, what I'm doing doesn't make sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't. You can play really hard. Go out and give all your heart away and you'll find tomorrow you have just as much or more to give. You don't have to be safe. Safety is a lie of the enemy. We don't need it. Okay. We don't need to be safe. We're indestructible. Okay. Being indestructible, you you can decline being safe now. That is is really, really awesome. Yeah, that's a fun teaching. That's a really fun teaching. I feel like that ties a little bit with some conversations that um, the ladies here have been talking about, you know. Uh, Carissa, who's not here with us, who's all our co-host, uh, Christy and I, we've been talking about this, you know, like father wounds or mother wounds, you know, a lot of times um, the father or mother wound, you know, creates that thing in you where you put up your defenses and and all your relationships, including your relationship with God and your relationship with your spouse and everyone else, that, that, that gets damaged and you're not able to be intimate regardless you know and, and maybe, i think it, right? maybe not at that time but you can choose to learn exactly but because you're neuroplastic it doesn't matter what you've been shot with yeah. yes i mean let's go through this i i never i was conceived in adultery mm. uh, i was abandoned i never met my father i was put in foster homes by my mother i was sexually abused completely sexually addicted alcoholic drug addict and yet jesus christ healed all of that to allow me to be a lover so I don't hear excuses when I see the cross. I don't have an excuse when I see the cross. I have unlimited power, unlimited creativity, unlimited wisdom, unlimited counsel, unlimited the spirit of God to lead me and guide me. Now, will all the answers show up instantly? No. Sometimes it was years before I got the answer on some things. But he will guide us. So don't look at where you start. Look at where he started. Okay, look at where he is. Okay, he is resurrected from the dead. That same spirit of Christ Jesus is in you. I don't care if you're into Mexico. I don't care if you've been sexually abused. I mean, I do, but it's not relevant to where you're going. Okay. Powerful. Does that make sense? That makes perfect yeah, sense. That, that's, that, that's really, really, really powerful. And I think it's going to empower a lot of people today just to hear those words. Okay, okay. Dr. Well, Dr. I really do care. I give my whole life for people to heal. But, I want, but in the reference point, it's just like, it's so important that we look at where he's taking us, not where we've been. Jesus never said, look back. Mm. He never said those words. Peter, look back. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. You know what I'm saying? So why is it that in human nature we want to look back? Because the enemy wants us to look back because he wants our our identity to be in us. He doesn't want our identity to be in Christ. In Christ, you're moving forward. Okay, Mm. you don't have excuses. You have a God holding you. The whole scripture is about a mighty God holding a nation's hand, moving them into a promised land, okay? And then them taking responsibility for the gifts they have. And sometimes they failed, sometimes they were good. But we need to understand 
if you have an intimacy in a Mexican marriage, okay, that's where you're starting. But if you're an intimacy in Mexico, God can heal you and he wants to. If you're married and alone and your husband or, or wife does not want to heal, God wants to heal you from the trauma and the pain. Me and Tiana have had many conversations uh, about our book called Partner Betrayal Trauma, in which we did a lot of research. These are a lot of statistics, which I'm not prepared to give you all the stats, but they're in the book and in the DVD. But a woman who experiences these three, Jeremy, listen to the study. So we studied well, a, a woman who experienced infidelity, right? That's a woman that's been cheated on. Uh, we've studied women who had sexual addiction experiences with their husband. Their husband was a sex addict. Or their husband was an intimacy in Mexico. Now, we ran them through about nine or 12 different scales. These are scientific scales, pre and post. And you would think these three populations would have different results. They were within 1% on almost every scale. Oh, wow. Being neglected is just as traumatizing as being cheated on. Say that again, Dr. Watts, because that's important. Yeah. Be, being neglected by living with an intimacy in Mexico is just as damaging to the woman, and I would suggest the man too, to, to the woman as being cheated on. Wow. So sometimes intimacy directs, well, I've been faithful to you. No, you've been neglectful and that neglect is there, but you haven't been faithful toward her. Let's mm -hmm. talk about, we have a book called Lover's Spouse, and I talk about, you know, the, the, the vows, Okay, mm -hmm. in Mexico, they like to hang on to that first one. You know, I promise to forsake all others. Well, you didn't forsake all others because you didn't forsake yourself. If you're not giving yourself, you did not forsake all others because all means all. All means you. Yeah. And if you're still holding on to you in safety, you did not do, do, do that one. Number two, you know, to love, honor, and cherish. Those are three covenants that are all proactive. And so if you're not loving, honoring, and cherishing, which are all moving towards, all initiating uh, uh, responses towards your spouse, then your vows are really kind of not being kept. And that's why the woman who experiences infidelity or neglect or addiction, they all experience the same trauma. And I'm talking trauma. I mean, we have neurological, we have a neurological thing we do in our office called Saraset, which helps the brain uh, restabilize and, and work. And the women who do this, their numbers change within one week so much, which validates that this trauma, because women experience trauma about 2.6 greater than men, because the middle of their brain is thicker than men's. And so it gets blown out. It's like a motherboard. When I think it's blown out, it's its its own thing. They get really stuck. But we see the numbers literally every week change. And so that tells us that the trauma is really real. It's not like, you know, just some kind of spiritual thing. It's a real physical thing too. And a lot of these women suffer depression, self-esteem, weight gain, all kinds of stuff from living from neglect. Yeah, because trauma uh, changes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff there. Yeah. I think for, for, for guys, um, you know, this is, this is definitely new information for them. And, and if they're struggling with intimacy and anorexia, it's, they didn't realize it. They didn't recognize it in their own life um, because it's so easy to say, well, I'm not connected with my spouse because, you know, I've had a rough day or I had a rough week. And, and, and life is difficult right now, and I've got stress at work. And, and so it's just this life excuse, because it goes on day after day, year after year. Mm -hmm. um, and then at some point, decades into a marriage, you realize, hey, this thing's falling apart, and yeah, we've yeah. never really connected. Yeah. Um, but it ne they need this type of information, because without it, how do they know what is going on? And they, they have no diagnosis. And I'm so grateful for you and Tiana, Jeremy, for putting together, stronger together, because we're finally getting into the church through this. 
and yeah. we're finally getting the biblical teaching into the church. And I'm so glad for Lamar and Christina that are opening up their hearts to do this globally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so important uh, because you don't know what you don't know. But anyone mm-hmm. listening to this now has enough information to take steps and they have a group they can go into. They get books they can get. There's stuff they can do. Um, and they don't have to stay stuck. And God doesn't want us stuck. You know, what's really exciting to me is God gave this revelation to, to me to give to the church. And it's exciting uh, when I see Christians getting well and healed and they're set free and they're, they're loving one another and they remember their birthday. They remember Valentine's. It's like, it's Monday, guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I love that. so you, can, you can do this kind of thing yeah. and really um, have a great quality of life. God is committed to abundance. He wants us to have abundance of intimacy, not just a little bit, not just enough to survive, not a functionship, but a relationship is what glorifies God on earth as it is in heaven. It's a relationship, a triune relationship between the God, the Father, and the two of us. And it's an intimacy that he wants the children of God to grow up in. He doesn't want them to be managed and function and to see two people pay bills and, and barely get along. And when they go to bed, they don't really want to be in the same bed. That's not, that doesn't glorify God. Oh, I bet. And that, again, it is very painful. Even probably children would feel that. But I, I do have a question, um, Dr. Wise, because um, I, I know, again, I just want to reiterate, this isn't just a, a male problem. Women Not have right. this problem too. Oh, so I just really want to validate the husbands out there who are feeling like their wives aren't yeah. loving them, aren't pursuing them because you're worthy of being pursued by your wives mm-hmm. too. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so I just want to validate the men out there. But I do have a question and this is uh, from a lady and, and this is a, an actual person who, who posed this question. Um, if my husband has disconnected with porn, why hasn't he disconnected with me? And again, it goes back why to the object. Why hasn't he connected with Why me? hasn't he connected yeah. with me? The whole object reality thing. Right. Well, he, he already has. I tell a lot of ladies, he's already married. <laughs> he's married to porn. He's not married to you. But if he's disconnected so, yeah, from porn. Because yeah, so he's left porn. porn. The question is, if he's disconnected from porn, why is he not connecting to me, right? Yeah, so he's he is done with porn. That's out oh, of his he's life. done with porn. Oh, he's done with porn. He's yeah. no longer. Well, the problem is the problem is that the problem the problem wasn't the problem is I would say a good portion of sex acts are intimacy and rexics at their core. Mm. Okay, and so it's like layers. So if you say so you stop drinking alcohol, but now you got to stop your smoking cigarettes, and then let's get to your overeating, right? Wow. With sex addiction, oftentimes that's a secondary addiction, and the intimacy and rexia is primary. So if anybody in our tribe is got six months of sobriety and your husband is not connecting to you, you definitely want to check out intimacy anorexia because mm. you are living that n- nightmare and it only gets worse. Now, if people come here or they get access to our stuff, like I, I had a couple, I have a couple this week. The lady's like, Dr. Weiss, I bought everything. Okay. <laughs> and I am so glad I understand disclosure. We did that on the first day. We understood those principles. We got the boundaries DVD. We did all this stuff, right? So they really educate themselves. If you're six months in and your husband is not moving towards you emotionally connected, if you don't feel him more present in the bedroom, you need to get this information because you will suffer for years, not if, if you don't start healing from intimacy anorexia, because almost 100% of the guys who come here who are one to three years clean, sometimes five years clean, and their marriage is still awful, are anorexics. Mm-hmm. And it was never identified, and there's certain tribes of the sex addiction community that don't, don't understand intimacy anorexia, so it didn't get addressed. Now, you have to get that addressed. 
That's where the intimacy and connection comes in. And it's a whole nother level of recovery that he has to go through or she, but it's really important. So if you're more than six months in and you're not getting connected, you probably need to do this research and understand it. Wow. Feeling married and alone with someone who stopped doing porn, you shouldn't be feeling that because if they're just a sex addict, they're back into connecting and loving and being sexual and being present. They feel better than ever. Okay. If they're a sex addict and an intimacy you feel just as alone, just as unimportant, just as disconnected, undervalued, unheard, unseen, and unwanted. If you're experiencing those symptoms, you're probably living with an intimacy anorexic who doesn't know that they're an intimacy anorexic. Yeah. I think we've got a video clip. Uh, do you have a clip, Lamar, that you can show? Um, in, the, in the meantime, uh, this is from a husband. He says, I feel like my wife is only forgiving me because she feels she has to. She's completely checked out of the marriage. It's like there's a wall now around her heart. What do I do? Are you asking me that question? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so the, um, it may be that that wall was there before, but he was addicted to porn, so he didn't feel it because he uh -huh. was medicated. And now that he's unmedicated, he's feeling the pain of lack of intimacy. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Now it could be that she is having trauma and she's not dealing with the trauma because some ladies are like, you know, the porn's your problem, I'm okay. No, she's, she's full of bullet wounds, but she just, she's just bleeding, but doesn't know it, mm -hmm. okay? And if she doesn't get help, that could be it. But if she's anorexic and a guy's a sex addict, she now has the moral high ground to hold him into that, hold him into that place of I'm never gonna love you for as long as she wants, okay? Because she doesn't want to love. Now she has an excuse not to love and it's your fault. If it's your fault, it's almost always anorexic. Interesting. It is very good. Yeah, I remember Dr. Uh, uh, Ted Roberts in the Conquer series, he said that at the center of pornography addiction is an intimacy disorder. Exactly. And of course. Yeah, he, 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 it was before uh, intimacy anorexia came out, but he understands that now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and of course, Doug right. with he was right. uh, Conquer series, you're the host of Warpath, so you get sex addiction. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Let me see if I can show it to you. Right over there is my polygraph. I've been clean for over 36 years. That's awesome, man. Okay, so I know what it's like to be free from porn, masturbation, and all that stuff. And anybody can be. If you're struggling with sex addiction, you want to get healed from that. And you can. And wow. you can absolutely be free. Yeah. You don't have to struggle with it. Amen. I do want to mm -hmm. empower the uh, the spouse who's at the receiving end of intimacy anorexia because I really feel for, mm -hmm. for, for people who are lonely. Um, and I'm just like, Dr. Wise, how do you what, what do you tell a spouse who's who's in immense pain? I know you already said, hey, it's up to you to decide if you want to stay or go. But in the meantime, if you're in limbo, if, if you're yeah, in you place, you can absolutely do some work. There's the married loan book, married loan workbook, married loan step book. Um, mm -hmm. and, and they can start working on their healing, get in a, a phone group or online, get in one of our Facebook groups and start getting some support. The most important thing, if you don't know what you're going to do is get support while you grow, because sometimes it's not about deciding, staying or leaving. Sometimes it's economic. You might have to get a job. Sometimes it's you growing up in an area that you don't want to grow up in that you have to do first before you can make that decision. So getting into the recovery process might identify that and help you move through that. And I've had ladies take two or three years to get to that place. But in the meantime, they were in support groups. They were making phone calls. They were holding themselves accountable for their own growth and their own behavior. And they were maturing. And then they got to the place where it's like, okay, 
I'm not strong enough to do what I have to do. Uh, and whatever that is, maybe they change, maybe they don't change when they just, they can make those decisions. But in the meantime, married and alone, that whole process, mm -hmm. super duper helpful. Yeah, I think that's super important. You and know, I would also say educate yourself. Like um, mm -hmm. it's expensive, but we have an intimacy anorexia training set. It's like almost 40 DVDs at AASAT.org. Mm. Educate yourself. I have a lot of couples that's all they just watch the DVDs two or three a week and they can they heal up because I explained that intimacy anorexia is like this invisible dragon that's in your marriage and it just just thrashes around and you can't see it. Well, once you have information like what you guys are doing with Stronger Together and the stuff that we're talking about today is we're painting the dragon. So when it comes, you can actually see it. You can stop it. Mm. You, can't, you can't stop what you can't see. Yeah. So right. you know, get support and get education in the process. That is right. Awesome. Lamar, do we have a clip? This, I believe, is from uh, the series that we shot with you, Doug, uh, Stronger Together. And we've had... A lot of people who've gone through this study. How many weeks is it? Five. Five weeks. That's awesome. Let's do it. It can show up in so many different ways. It can show up in not creating an, a sensual environment of ever talking about it. Every time you talk about it, it's like dirty. And Christians are notorious for demonizing sexuality. Sexuality is a beautiful gift from God. Beautiful gift. It shouldn't be demonized or maybe never initiating sex, that's another way of withholding, okay? Or not saying anything, or looking at each other during sexuality can be another way of withholding. It's like you're this far apart, but you're not even looking at each other. Hmm. Wow. That's great. <clears throat> and so Christian, Lamar, you guys are running a global, virtual, stronger together group, from what I understand. Couples can join. Um, and this is going to be in March. It starts in March. Is that right? That's correct. Yes, correct, Jeremy. So uh, guys, go ahead and get out your, uh, your chicken feet, dip them in the ink. Ladies, get out your beautiful little pen <laughs> and put it on the end of it. Okay, March 24th. That's a Thursday, I believe. Um, we're going to start it at noon Eastern. We're going to set it for an hour, 15 minutes. Um, so for those folks who have to bail because it's lunchtime on the East Coast or you know, get some breakfast on the West Coast, uh, we'll make, uh, make accommodations for that. But I just want to make sure everybody has it on their calendar. You'll start seeing a slew of emails coming out for that uh, in earlier March. And then there'll be a big email probably Monday, March 21st uh, to get everybody online. That first week is going to be what I like to call a week zero. It's a, hey, how you doing? Get to know you. Um, we'll start figuring out how many people we have in this, that day. We'll see how many sub leaders we're going to need to get. Uh, we like to keep the subgroups kind of small. Uh, so we'll start each week with a larger group and then we'll parse off from there. Yeah, there's going to be an invitation. Uh, at the end of this webinar, you're going to get a survey and attached is a link where you can register. Get your seat now. Um, and or if you want more information, I'll give you the chance to ask for that and we can get that to you as well. But this is like I said before, this is a topic near and dear to us. And my heart goes out to people that are struggling with this. Um, we do have quite a bit of experience with this and uh, we're just excited. We're excited to walk beside people and to bring back the passion in the relationships. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And if you guys want to watch Stronger Together, you could, I mean, you can start watching it today. It's at soulrefiner.com. Yep, absolutely. Have, um, yeah, something I strongly recommend that they do that. They get some information and take the next step. And I know we're going to be closing soon, but if they buy any of the materials that we mentioned, that we've mentioned a lot, 
We're gonna, we're, if you buy a hard copy, we're gonna send you a hard copy of the 30 day makeover marriage, which will give you some tools to get started on your journey as well. And I just wanna encourage people, there is hope. Jesus always offers hope. And you can heal if you want to. And if your spouse doesn't want to heal, that's on them. You take your next steps. Yeah. And that's a huge takeaway from this. It really is. Huge takeaway. Thank I think you. this opens mm -hmm. the eyes of a lot of people who maybe they may be struggling with intimacy anorexia, or they may be living with a spouse who struggled with it. And now they've got some context for why craziness is happening, mm -hmm. right? There's this disconnect in, in my relationship and I feel starved. And so hopefully this brings you some um, some hope. And so, Dr. Doug, thank you for shining a light on you. Uh, Satan's you. tactics and providing hope for people out there as well. Yes. And again, I do really want to recommend this book. It's amazing. Intimacy Anorexia by Dr. Doug Weiss. Go to his website. He has a lot of great resources there. And take the, uh, the test on intimacyanorexia.com, right, Dr. Weiss? Mm -hmm. um, to find out if if this is going on in your marriage. There's like a few questions there. You take the survey, you'll get your results and you'll find out if that yeah. really is the case. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, I just wanted to mention um, while we were there at the filming, um, I was really struggling because Lamar was doing all the right things in recovery. You know, he was in the accountability groups. He was wooing me, he was initiating um, love, but I still didn't feel love. Um, and this is following betrayal. So I know there's a lot of ladies out there that can relate to this. Um, I didn't want to be intimate. I didn't want, I was very much scared that if I was intimate, that he would see that as all sins are forgiven, blanket, you know, just there's, mm. you are apologizing. Now we can go back to old ways. And that scared me to death. So I did put up on my guard and God showed me while we were doing that filming that um, you're going back to that place, that intimacy anorexic place. Um, because the reason why you're not feeling it is because you're not giving it. Mm. It's not about what he's doing. He could leave a skyscraper right now and it won't be enough for you. Uh, what you need is what are you doing? I had stopped pursuing him. And ladies, I know it's so hard to pursue your husband when you've been betrayed because you feel like, oh, you know what? I was faithful. It's his turn to step up. He needs to do this. Or I just want him to get, think that this is permission to go act out again or that he's forgiven. No, that, that's not what this is about. Love is a verb. And if you want to feel loved, you got to take that step towards your spouse and demonstrate love. Amen. Well, let's take, Doug, do you have an extra 10, 15 minutes? Can we ask, uh, does anyone have some questions out there? We're just going to go through maybe a handful. And um, I know someone's got some good questions. Man, this list is long. Wow. <laughs> I know. We're, we're scrolling through the list here. There's so me, if we don't get to those questions, have them go to intimacyandrexy.com. Send me an email. I will write an answer. I'll help you by the end of today. Right. Yeah. Okay. I do if think I get it, I'll, I'll try to respond to them today. My staff awesome. is really good about printing them off for me and getting them to me. Yeah. Thank you. I know how precious your time is, Dr. Y. So for you to do this, it's wonderful. You know, um, I do. I think it's also worth mentioning what we're doing um, next month, the mission brief. What are we doing? So uh, we have a, a special for the ladies. I show up. <laughs> you show up for the ladies at a sanctuary. We have Jean, our actress from uh, from the ashes, who will be joining us to share her journey uh, healing from trauma. 
So mm. I, I know we've talked a lot about betrayal trauma, but for this, we're just going to talk about trauma in general, because trauma does change the brain. It changes the structures of your brain and changes how you relate to people. It just puts you in a mental prison. So how do we get out of that? And we're, it's going to be fun because, uh, you know, Jean, she is just she's a firecracker. She's she's awesome. So you're going to have fun, ladies, and we're going to just be ourselves. This is going to be so low key. And you're, you're going to hear stories from the heart that we pray, you know, will really help you uh, in your journey. And Jeremy? Yeah, so can one find, this is a question from Barbara, can one find forgiveness when one's spouse continues to commit adultery for over seven years? Dr. Mm. Doug, what do you think? And they can, I've missed the first part of the question. Can, can one find forgiveness when one's spouse continues to commit adultery for over seven years? Well, if they stop, I think it's going to be a lot easier to forgive them. Mm -hmm. I've had couples who the, the infidelity has been going on for decades and they can still forgive. So, but that's a process and she needs to be gentle with herself. Um, there's uh, some myths around forgiveness, like they have to repent, they have to change, they don't, you can forgive them. Whether you trust them or not, that's a whole other question because forgiveness and trust are different. Yeah. Well, the, the, yeah. the scripture does not command us to trust someone who's untrustworthy it just commands us to forgive them another question what to do when a husband uses sin of withholding as a weapon over their wives mm -hmm. well he's probably being anorexic <laughs> i mean if he's if he's using the scripture to create distance that's not healthy now if he's trying to get you to feel his pain you might want to, there's a DVD called uh, under, uh, Helping Her Heal, and there's a, a section there, it's also in the Servant Marriage, called Understanding Her, but it works for him too. Ask him what he's feeling. See if you can have him talk about his feelings, why he's pounding you in this way, because he must be hurt, upset, or frustrated. And if you can get him to talk about his feelings and his pain, great. If not, get into counseling, because it could be spiritual abuse as well. Right. So find out what's going on there. Yeah. Can IA show up in a father-daughter, uh, parent-child relationship? Not usually. Usually if it's global, it's what we call schizoid personality disorder. And that's someone um, who is with everybody, okay? Uh, they tend to uh, be not enjoying life. They tend to, um, it's, it's a whole disorder. I don't have time to get into the whole criteria of it. But they, they, they tend to do most things alone. They don't have long-term same-sex relationships. They don't have intimate relationships with anybody. Uh, they don't tend to have sex with their spouse either. Uh, so it seems very similar. Um, they tend uh, not to be enjoying life. The, if you meet them, they kind of feel kind of negative and stuff like that. So that's a disorder. And that can be measured by a psychological test. But generally, if it's with everyone, it's usually a disorder. Intimacy and anorexia only shows up generally with the wife or the husband. And everyone else thinks they're wonderful and great and fantastic. And that's why they're confused when you're talking about this problem with them. Mm -hmm. Good question. Yeah, really great questions. So many good questions here. This one is really important, I think. Um, and, and it's from a husband. Um, how can you talk to your spouse about IA, intimacy anorexia, without sounding accusatory? Don't point. That's the first tip. Don't yeah. point. We actually have a YouTube that says, um, my spouse thinks I'm IA. And it's me talking for about 10 minutes about, hey, if your spouse wants you to watch this, they're in pain, and here's what they're thinking, and here's the characteristics, and you need to reflect on this and see what you think. So it's kind of a gentle way into it. Of course, um, they can watch any of the intimacy and anorexia tapes and, and see how they respond, because they watch that tape and go, oh my gosh, that's me. You're in good shape. If they watch that tape and say, I'm not doing anything, you're not in good shape. 
Yeah. I mean, I can understand why a spouse would be really terrified or even, uh, I don't know how to bring this up, honey. You're just not giving me the love and attention I need. How we talk about this. Anytime you make them look bad or you question them, uh, you're going to be put in the bad box because they can't be bad. So you, you might, you do risk being punished, but some battles you have to fight. Otherwise you're going to lose the war. That's true. That is so true. Everybody right. listen to that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last question. If my husband of 13 years is already gone now and left me and, ki and kids two weeks ago and says he wants out, do I let go already or give it time? I would believe him. Hmm. I would believe him and now do what you want as far as, you know, cooperating with a separation of divorce. But I would believe that he's not wanting to come back. Um, mm -hmm. I would, when people move out and they're, and they're, they're, that's pretty drastic. I would believe what they're saying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so too. Oh, so painful. That's really, really painful. Oh, I can't believe like, <clears throat> we're not just talking, this isn't like the secular community. We're talking about the Christian community. These are pastors, these are missionaries, these are Sunday school teachers. These are yeah. deacons and bishops and yeah, I get it. And, and God wants to heal them all. Yes. Yeah, right. Marriages like this, but you have to, we have to cooperate. Free will is powerful. Yes. Yep. All right, Doug. Thanks for your time, Thank brother. You Always good to see you, man. You. Take care. Love you Thank guys. Thank you so much. Don't you Lamar, want to tell him about the Christina. mission brief? You forgot to mention yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. Lamar, Lamar, do you mind mentioning? Go for it, man. <laughs> so the same day as Lady Sanctuary, we're talking about Friday, March 11th. And again, men, go ahead and scribble this down, please. Crayons, whatever you need. Okay, at 1 p.m. Eastern on March 11th, Friday, we're going to meet again for our next mission brief. We're going to talk about what I like to call big R relapse. Okay, and that those are those are the non-negotiable behaviors between you and your mate. I'm talking about things like emotional affairs, physical affairs, um, and I'm talking about porn use. Uh, how do we get to big R relapse? What do we do about it? How do we fight it off? Um, how do we uh, make sure we're having the right behaviors in place that don't lead us to big R relapse. Uh, you know, those small decisions along the way that may seem completely inconsequential. Um, we've got some fantastic folks lined up to talk about it. Uh, I'm just really excited for it. All right. I think you guys can still hear me. My, our videos dropped off here. Uh, okay. Christina. Yes. No, I would love to be able to pray with everyone because this is such a powerful platform that we have here. And when yeah. we have community, when we have brothers and sisters coming together, there's power. There's there can be healing here. And yeah. I know we have some incredible prayer warriors on standby right now. So if you have prayer requests, I encourage you, and you're still with us, I encourage you to get on the chat right now and just put them out there and let let people pray for one another. And Lamar's gonna close us out in prayer in just a minute and he'll pray over some of you. So if you have prayer requests, put them in the chat. We would love to hear you. Be bold, be brave. I mean, this could be an opportunity for incredible healing for you and for your marriage. Um, but before we do that, I just want to read 1 Corinthians 13. With Valentine's Day right around the corner, love can be tough. And what we're talking about today can be very, very painful for some people, um, especially if they feel like I'm being told that withholding love is a sin, but I'm in so much pain. I get it. But the answer, it's love. And, and the scripture confirms it when it says in 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own ways. It is not irritable or resentful. Mm -hmm. It does not rejoice at wrongdoings, but rejoices with the truth. 
Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. Wow. This Valentine's Day, take that step forward. Do it because Jesus took that step forward for you. And I know it's hard. And I know it feels absolutely impossible to put your heart out there and to try to love your spouse if you're a woman after the hurt they've caused you. Just do it. Let me tell you from experience, it works. You will feel love for your spouse again when you start pouring love into them. Oh my gosh, you guys are going to make me cry. <laughs> that yeah, is so really. powerful. That's awesome. You guys are just a picture of restoration, redemption, grace. Ah. Oh. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us, everybody. I yeah. hope, we hope to see you all, but join the Stronger Together virtual group. This is going to be wonderful. There's, there's no excuse now for putting this off and for healing not to happen in your lives. And Christina Lamar, thank you. And Dr. Weiss, thank you so much. I think so we much. lost him. We lost him? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I hate technology. <laughs> okay, I'll go ahead and pray us out, and, uh, and we'll be on yeah. our way. And so, um, thank you. Let me tell you something, folks. It's you're never too far gone. And so, God, thank you so much, um, Lord. I'm going to keep my eyes open as I read somebody's prayer requests, and I just uh, I, I pray that the husband gets out of enmeshment so he can heal from IA and from sexual addiction. Uh, Lord, I, I just pray for these healed marriages all around. I pray for the folks that are in a separated situation, whether or not it was at their behest, and they're trying to figure out how to get back into the house, or they're trying to figure out how to get their mate back in the house. Uh, Lord, I don't have any wand. Um, Lord, it's got to be your work in that. Lord, what I pray more than anything else is to go through all these, the marriages in serious trouble as they deal with sex addiction, uh, the husband in denial, um, the wife with a hardened heart because she's been so hurt. Um, Lord, I pray for a continued surrender to you. And it's easy to say after a moment like this, where we've had a good hour plus of time where you have reached into our hearts. But Lord, I pray for the surrender three days from now when it's really hard and the kids are asking where the other parent is and the kids are asking how come they're not present. Those moments where there's just utter despair, Lord, that's the true moment of surrender. Mm. And the wooing of the Holy Spirit that you give us each to come to you and to lay all this at the foot of the cross and to leave it there and not go try and pick it back up is our prayer today. God, thank you for this time together. Thank you for this incredible community. Thank you for this chat. Um, and, and thank you for this this wonderful mission that you allow us to be on God. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, that Thank was a great you. meeting. Very good. I would just say to the guys out there listening, you know, life is too short to stay stuck. And I tell my kids all the time, you know, do something difficult today. Mm -hmm. uh, because if this is difficult, if, if connecting and, and growing in intimacy with your spouse is difficult for you, then that's what you should be doing. Because mm -hmm. You know, usually the hard thing to do is the right thing to do. And so push into that, do something difficult today. And like Dr. Doug was saying, your brain is, you've got all these neural pathways in your brain and, and it molds and it grows and it's not stuck. You don't have to stay where you are. Your brain is totally um, in a place where it can reform and regrow new, new neural pathways, um, but it's going to take effort on your part to do it. And so uh, reach out to us if you guys need prayer. Um, soulrefiner.com is where you can go and watch the Stronger Together series with Dr. Doug. He's also got Warpath there uh, that he hosted 29 episodes on sexual integrity and addiction. 
And uh, anything else? No, that's it. Awesome. God bless you. God bless Happy you guys. Valentine's. <laughs> if you missed anything, it'll be on the Soul Refiner Facebook page. So you can listen to the whole thing and forward it to, so I forward it to some friends. Yes, please. Awesome. Share it. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.